Now on the tee, it's Maddie and the Caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. And what an open championship it was. Welcome to the latest edition of Maddie and the Caddy, the podcast. I am Maddie alongside my, no, not alongside this week. Yeah, I know. I, it's hard to say that now because this is the first time we're not sitting next to each other. So the Caddy is over here in the land of Haggis and Black Pudding. Do you miss me? Yeah, of course, man. All right, not really because I played 18 holes. Yeah. This morning with Rick Riley, and I'm going to go play 36 tomorrow. And by this morning, he means on the Sunday of the Open Championship, the 147th edition, because we were taping this on Sunday just after the conclusion. So much to get to. I want to get into the golf. I want to get into your week that was uh, out there in Scotland. I do want to tell you, the beautiful patron of Maddie Nakati, please download and subscribe on Apple Podcast or the ESPN app. Today, we're going to start unveiling our content from Lake Tahoe, of which we are extremely excited about. We're going to hear from Chris Weber today and what it's like being a 6'10 human being playing golf. So we'll hear from Chris Weber. We'll get into all of that. We'll have fun, social media, all of the good stuff. But, but Caddy, I, I want to start here because it's the freshest thing coming out of an Open Championship recap. What we saw for the better part of Sunday afternoon was some of the best major championship golf I've seen in quite some time. And for me, how it ended, it ended with such a dud with Francesco Molinari <laughs> being the first to tie into everyone. Imagine it just—it was the, the ending just was so anticlimactic. You know what's funny that you say that because I was thinking to myself and I put out on Twitter after everything was said and done. I go, we went from a moment where everyone thought, "Man, we're going to have a playoff." between Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, <laughs> and Tiger Woods. And this might be the greatest Sunday that we've ever seen in golf, too. Well, now it looks like we're going to get a playoff between Xander Schauffele and Francesco Molinari. And two, well, Francesco won by two. Yeah. Okay. And it was, yeah, I mean, the thing that's so impressive, I know it's, I think we're all let down a little bit because we had, Justin Rose made a charge. Rory McIlroy made a charge. Tiger made a charge. Jordan Spieth started the day up there. So we're all a little bit let down because the guy who won just didn't make any bogeys. And that, Michael, and that's what it was because when you, two of those names you listed there a second ago, Justin Rose was a missed putt away on the 18th on Friday from missing the cut. Yes. So we just written him off. Right. And out of nowhere, he's the clubhouse leader at six under. Rory <laughs> McIlroy had been messing around all week. Then he makes the bomb eagle on fourteen, and then it's like, oh, Rory's in this. Th-. And so we we guys that we had written off came back into the storyline. And then at one point, I'm not kidding you, man. I was on my couch, and I was sitting there on the edge of my couch because Tiger Woods was leading in the back nine of a major championship by a stroke. When he got to seven under, and then Xander Schauffele, when we knew he was going to make a bogey, and then that was going to put Tiger in the lead by himself, the I can't even explain the it's I wouldn't call it tension, but the electricity and excitement in the media center was like I don't you know what I kept thinking I kept thinking like the last time I felt like this was when George Foreman was winning the heavyweight title. You wow, remember when yeah. Foreman won the heavyweight yeah, title? Old, old Foreman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the old man against Michael Moore. Right? Was was it Michael Moore? Uh, my boxing knowledge is, is scarce. I think, uh, yeah. So anyway, I just remember everyone thinking to themselves, man, this dude's going to beat this old man up. But then he just kept hanging around and hanging around and hanging around. And the next thing you know, he throws a combo and the dude's on the ground. And you're like, wait, what? This is happening for real? And this is what it felt like when Tiger just hung around and hung around. And when he got the seven under, it was like, hold on, this is really happening. Yeah. And I was, I'm not going to lie. I just kept thinking to myself, the only thing I can't wait to say on Sports Center is, I have never been so happy to say how wrong I. Oh, been. oh, that's working. Thank you for the segue, because now I'm going to pile on you. For what? For what? What do you mean for what? Hold the, on, what, did Tiger what, win? No, 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 no. Tiger did not win. 
Okay. Okay, but so you, what you've you gone on for? You've gone on record. We have interviews from Tahoe. There Correct. is an extensive library of content that says you don't believe Tiger can win another major. Correct. And I went on last week's podcast when we had Jimmy Roberts previewing the Open Championship. I said going in, all Tiger needed to do this week was be conservative off the tee to stay in contention, and this yep. is the type of championship he could win based on that style of play. Cool. Did he win? No, he didn't win. But so are I you ain't got to say I'm sorry then, do I? <laughs> I, I ain't got to say I'm sorry. You, you know what I'm saying? Listen, least, we're not playing horseshoes, yo. We're playing golf. <laughs> this ain't no, oh, I came close, congratulations. Well, you you don't least, get a trophy for being close. So you won't soften your stance even a club? Nah, you know what? And you know what hardened my stance oh, even more? Here we go. Jordan Spieth. Why? Because Jordan Spieth afterwards, when he finished, went up onto the, like, the little scrum area thing and said, even though Tiger won't admit it, it it's been 10 years since he's been, like, really, it's, it really was five, since he's been in contention in a major coming down the stretch. So even though Tiger won't admit it, he's human. He's going to feel the same stresses and tensions that everybody else feels. Because even though this is not like riding a bike, winning a major, not like riding a bike. It's hard. It's hard to do. So Tiger understands that. And then he was watching Molinari just play. Um, think the about this. boring golf out of Molinari and it was good enough to win. Hold on a second. Right. Who did Molinari play next to all day on Sunday? His name was Tiger. Eldrick, I believe, is his given. Correct. Name. Now, if I would have told you that Francesco Molinari was going to be paired with Tiger Woods and not only was going to beat him, but was going to beat him and win the Claret Jug, you then, it, yeah, look at, you would have, you would have rain man me. No, I like, when you look, when you look at my, how many <laughs> emails I haven't looked at, you would, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't have. And let me tell you why. First of all, Molinari is 35 years old, and he's the hottest golfer on the planet right now if you look at his year. He's I playing... didn't even believe at him, though, because I didn't believe that he could do this because he played in John Deere and finished second let me... and then flew across. Let me... He should be exhausted. He's 35. Let me ask you something. <laughs> Where was Dustin Johnson? Home. Where was Justin Thomas? Home. Where was John Rahm? Home. These are the guys that you keep using as an example to me of why Tiger's not going to win again. And three of those big boys and some of the top players in the world weren't even around to make the cut and play against Tiger. And I'm just saying, you know, the guys in front of Tiger Woods, I don't know, gold medal winner. I don't know. Won the U.S. Open back in the day. How Roy McElroy, he got a hit. I don't know. He got a couple of majors, four, whatever. I'm just saying. But Tiger you know? is at how about, least. How about a guy who was staying in the house with Justin Thomas? Kevin Kisner. Where's he at? Oh, he's up there, too, in front of Tiger. Yep, that's in front of Tiger. And how old is Xander Schauffele, 24? Where's he? In front of Tiger. And that was even with his little debacle coming down the stretch. So I, I can't believe you're not even willing to give it a benefit, like just a little bit. Uh, uh, for me, I know you're a Tiger guy, but I'm, I'm a big yeah. Tiger. But at least open the window that in this next step of his recovery, that the game is still there to compete and win a major championship. Uh, look, there's no such thing as never in golf, and there's no such thing as impossible in golf. There's just no such thing. But I struggle to believe that Tiger can win another major because of all of this kind of stuff. Like, we, we would never, ever, ever, ever have – and I know – all the people who are are Tiger, they are such Tiger lovers that you can't say anything even a little bad about like Tiger had a tough day on the greens. Shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Why are you hating on Tiger? So to, if I would have told to those same people that Molinari was going to get paired with Tiger and beat him, like they would have come with pitchforks and stakes on yes. fire. Yeah, the Tiger For, crew is tough. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's hard it is really difficult as a guy who is a fan of Tiger and a friend of Tiger's to be realistic. And realistically, like you said, this he had a shot. Oh, he, he had a leading. shot. And you know what happened? He didn't win. All right, so Tiger doesn't win. The good news is he cracks into the top 50 of the World Golf Rankings. He is qualified to play at the final Bridgestone in Akron, which I think is a great thing for golf because it's the final one there. So that 
You know, Brian Urlacher, you, I bet you he's going. Yeah, I'm just saying. That's that, a tease. that podcast that's, is coming. That's a, that's a deep tease. That's also, have, a we, tease. have we found the Lost deep. podcast, well, by the way? I don't – well, no, the, Daily? the Lost one. Nah, the is lost, that around? I don't know. It's still Lost. All that right. has – it is it is got some cobwebs on it and stuff, but it will get taken out and dusted off at some point. Efforting. The irony about the whole Tiger Woods thing is that it looked like Tiger had to finish solo sixth to get into the top 50 – but because of the players that were above him, originally when Kevin Chappell made the putt, he made a birdie putt or he made a putt on 18 that it looked like knocked Tiger to 51 because it they tied. But it turns out that it only put Tiger at 50th place. So the... Here in Scotland, where as we tape this right now, the official announcement hasn't come out. But the people that do all of those numbers are here, and they are they have verified that Tiger is the 50th in the world, which also is going to get him in. And dude, how about this? As we're doing the podcast, yeah. Guess what? Brian Erlocker just sent me a text message. <laughs> Did he? Hold on. Look it. Erlocker just said, did that get Tiger in the yeah. Akron? I sure as hell hope it did. All Even right. though, so we can let the people know, Erlocker said that Tiger will get into Akron, but that he don't, Erlocker says he ain't playing. That's the Tiger portion of the program, which I think a lot of people are coming out of this major championship happy with what they see with Tiger. But then let's go to Jordan Spieth, because I went on Twitter yesterday, and I thought mm -hmm. this thing was locked and done. I asked you on SportsCenter Sunday morning. I gave Me you too. Spieth to the field. And yep. based on what we saw to Spieth putting, we thought this thing was a foregone conclusion. I was as surprised at Spieth's meltdown as I was by any storyline on Sunday. Yeah, but I don't. I can't call what happened to Spieth the meltdown, especially after talking to him after his round on Sunday, where he even talked about... I hit the ball other than he made two mistakes with the wind. And he tried to fight the wind on both the 10th and the 11th holes. And it really cost him and bit him in the behind. Other than that, he hit the ball really well. And it felt like he was in control of his golf ball. The one thing that he said, he he didn't make any putts whatsoever. He didn't. But here's the irony of him not making any putts. The other thing that he said after that, after not making any putts and in this scrum that we had with them, he goes, I'm right there. I feel so good about where my game is right now. And he goes, my putting's back. Because he hit every putt exactly where he wanted to. So even though he didn't make one putt and was frustrated at the speeds of the greens, he felt like he couldn't get the ball to the hole no matter what he tried. He just couldn't hit it hard enough. Speed felt like with his putter and his ball striking, he is back. So I'm telling you, just in listening to Jordan and seeing the expression on his face, once they get back from their vacation, which they're going on right now, I won't even disclose the location. Uh, how big of you to tease the viewer like that? Or I'm listener. sorry about that. I just can't. I'm just saying somebody is having a bachelor party. Oh, it's this one? Yeah, it's this yeah. one. Yeah, bachelor party on the giant mega yacht. Yeah, is this the one where they're inviting a guy in particular that's not really in the crowd just because he knows how to party? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's yeah, a friend of yeah. the show yeah. who there's a friend of the podcast who's gonna be at this bachelor party, kind of helping guide the party because this dude can throw down too. So I'm just saying when Jordan gets back from this vacation, which is I guess the pseudo bachelor party. Watch out, man, because yeah, this dude feels in control of his game. But for you to sit there and say it wasn't a class, the guy should have 76 plus 5 at his final round. He was at 9 under starting the day. He finished at 4 under. But he only hit like two to – he only hit maybe three really bad golf shots. You're going to make a couple of – remember, Francesco Molinari, that's the only dude that didn't make a bogey in the final round. And at one point it was both him and Tiger until Tiger had that little on, – on the 11th as well. So, the, I mean, the 11th hole was just a tough hole if you didn't play it correctly. So, you got everybody made bogeys out there. So, Spieth made a couple of bad decisions and, in turn, didn't hit great golf shots. That cost him a little bit. But, overall, you know, it's like when a guy says, 
you know, if a guy hits 18 out of 18 greens but shoots even par, he's going to tell you, I hit it much better than what it looks like on the scorecard. Which is and that's probably true. true, yeah. So, and that's how I feel like, and that's how I feel like Jordan played, and Jordan feels like he played that way too. I see. I he missed a lot. I mean, his he was in the uh, fescue a lot, and he missed a lot of fair. I I don't know the statistics. I'd have to look those up. But I didn't think that he was that sharp on Sunday. I just don't. I think he was wayward on a couple of spots. I think he missed a couple of putts that he had to. And I don't know that missing putts is what gets you a plus five in the final round. No, it, it's it's a couple of really bad mistakes, and Jordan did make some really bad mistakes. But I mean, that being said, it was it was two horrific holes that really caught that really cost him. Now, I mean, in a way, you're kind of right. In the final round, Jordan only hit six out of fifteen fairways, so he only hit forty percent of his fairways, and then he only hit nine out of eighteen greens. But for the first three days. He had 28, 25, 29 putts. And then on the final day, he had, yeah, he had 33. So if he, if he would have had 25 putts, you know, that's eight strokes lower. Yeah. (laughs) So, and that's what surprises me is I, I came into the day. I, I wanted drama and I was hoping for drama. I just didn't expect Spieth not to factor in the drama. Towards the final holes. You and me both. Uh, I was the one that said, I don't think anyone's going to get this dude because of the way him and Grella were working together on the golf course. And then they made two mistakes that they normally would never make. And, uh, you know, Jordan took responsibility for it, which is good for him. But it's, it was just strange. It was strange to see in the beginning of the day, not just Jordan, but all of those guys that were up at the top of the leaderboard. Yeah catapulting down and i just kept thinking like everything that needed to happen for tiger is happening everyone's coming back to him and he wasn't i mean he played good golf in the front nine you know the first couple of holes and it was like okay seven under that's not bad even tiger said he thought he had to get the nine so the fact that he got the seven and everyone else backed up when he had the lead it was like this is happening are you serious but then Again, cream rises to the top. And the fact that Molinari was playing with Tiger and not missing a shot, I understand. You know the hardest thing about Molinari? Like, I don't even know his caddy that well. His caddy got a YouTube video. It's in Spanish. And they got another one in Italian. So, I'm like, I got no chance. So you're the, you're the gateway of the caddies? Like, you're, you know them all? Like, are you, are you, are you the caddies Robin Hood? I do pride myself on getting to know all the caddies and staying in that world, you know, because who else is going to do that? And what's my nickname? If I'm the caddy, how am I not going to stay friends and kind of in that world? So how did that go? Did you try to build that relationship this week? Yeah, I tried to. Dude, let me tell you something, man. I'm trying to think if there's a PC way for me to say this. Well, don't be PC. It's a podcast. All right. You know what? Screw it. Yeah. We got screwed as far as access, not just us as ESPN, but the media. Like, we can't get to players or I, I couldn't even get to the caddy area on the final day. Like, the first couple of days, I kind of half snuck back there, you know. And a couple of the security guys were like, oh, yeah, he's, he's all right. He knows they're you're just going ahead. You're good. And the cat, I'd walk back talking to the caddies and there it was cool. But to, on Sunday, it was like, nah, you got the wrong and you can't, there was, it was so difficult to get. I mean, we always pride ourselves in talking to the winner. Yeah. After a tournament and for me too, talking to the winning caddy. That's one of the things I do at every single major this year. Because of the RNA and because of IMG, like, we couldn't get anywhere close to anybody. I would have had to stalk some dude in a parking lot and then w- risk getting tased. I mean, I know most of the cops over here ain't got the guns. I was going to say. They got tasers, and that's, from what I heard, that hurts All right, a so lot. He, here's what I just heard of that whole diatribe of yours. One, you're, you're already making excuses for you not doing your job. For ESPN.com. And two, oh. <laughs> two, you are, your fame, you're not internationally known. So who you are over here in the States, when you're covering little tournaments over here, doesn't work over there with the more sophisticated RNA crowd is what I'm hearing. 
do you not call me America's caddy? Is that so? It's now it's my fault. I ain't would, blaming would me. Would we have a podcast if you said I'm Maddie and this is Scotland's caddy? Who knows? Probably not. Birthplace of golf. Uh, yeah, I still ain't played there yet, though. But Presswick, I got that one. In North Barrick, I got that one. So I just don't think you have the same pull over there. Nah, you, I ain't got the same. You don't understand how they have it on lockdown over here, yo. It is, it is, it's almost stupid. It's almost stupid because you would think that if you're holding an event of this magnitude, especially over here, that you would want to get as much press and publicity in the United States as you could get. Oh, so the Scottish, the the, the, the educated golf fan and RNA is supposed to bow down to the United States because you're there? I didn't say they had to bow down to me. And I didn't say, look, you know what? You don't want to get somebody's sponsors and their hats on TV. That's on you. That's cool. You don't want to have your champion on certain channels and stuff. And then you wonder why y'all have a tough time getting sponsors over here. Hmm. Don't ask why then next time. How did Herrick do? Did Herrick get, was Herrick able to do his job unlike you? Well, we had two inside the ropes little hang, like armbands, they call them. Yeah, yeah. But only one of them got you on the 18th green. You had to have a special armband just to get on the 18th green. So you could have an armband where you could walk inside the ropes for 17 holes, mm-hmm. but then when you get to the 18, they kick you out. <laughs> And you can't be inside the ropes on the 18th, which I know. And it was – imagine imagine just being in a cattle chute. <laughs> That's what it was like. But I guess over here it's not really cattle. It's more like sheep. <laughs> yeah, what, so what do you do? It was a whole lot do? of dudes just walking up. Bah, bah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how, like the media, in terms of the media build – and, and over, like, the European media build, how is it relative to the, the stateside media build? You know, at a major championship, it's this big. It's big time. I mean, it's... No, 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 I'm you're not, you're not understanding what I'm saying. How are the... What's the athletic prowess of the international media? No, they're the same as the same as American. <laughs> you know what I mean? They got... We got all shapes and sizes. You know what I mean? We got... We got some... Some media over very few, but there's a couple who are built like a mic stand, and there are others <laughs> who are built like a meatball. So, and the meatballs don't leave the media center, and the mic stands only just run in to go to the bathroom, grab more water, and run right back out because <laughs> just out there running all the time. What do you do for like you got there? What Sunday? What did you do all week in Scotland? So we got. I got here Saturday morning because of the time change. The trick is don't go to sleep. So when you land, even though you flew all night, and I was I took a weird route, so I didn't get good sleep on the plane. I normally sleep good on a plane. This time I didn't. So I land and grab all my stuff, go right to the house. I get a message from Harry, who also lands on Saturday that his golf clubs didn't show up, so he didn't have clubs. That's a shame. What a travesty. He was in Air France. That's nothing compared to what happened to our producer, Eric Lunston, whose plane got diverted to Iceland in the middle of the night on its way to Amsterdam from Minneapolis because he's <laughs> he told the story of in the middle of the night, the captain comes on. Uh, attention, passengers. Uh, <laughs> And there's a doctor on the plane. If you could uh, make your way uh, back to row 31, that'd be <laughs> fantastic. Thank you. And then he goes to the house. it, right? <laughs> so then he goes about 10 more minutes go by, and you hear, uh, he's your captain again. Uh, if there's another doctor uh, on the plane, if you could uh, make your way back to row 31 as well. And... Uh, so if, you have, if you have a little morphine, uh, that'd be great to bring back then too. No, it's, it's no, no, yeah, yeah. And then he goes, he goes, he goes. The last one was. Uh, attention, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be making a, a quick diversion to Iceland, uh, oh, so we can get this uh, nice passenger off the plane safely. So they land in Iceland at like four o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. Something crazy. And because of that, then everyone misses all their connections. He go, he has to go. He goes to Paris 
So he was without clothes. Like he didn't even have he doesn't have his clubs. He had like equipment and stuff like that. And they none of it showed up. Hey, so what happened to the passenger? Did he did Lunston tell you about that? He said the passenger was taken off in, in on a stretcher and taken to the hospital and that's the last they heard. You know what makes me sick about like you and Herrig and Lunston and all you dopes that go over there for these for these tournaments? Is the biggest like travesty you guys have when covering in in you're in Europe for a week is that your golf clubs didn't make it? Mine made it. Yeah, no, you played Sunday morning. Saturday, we played Saturday. Uh, Harry used Harry got a set of rentals. Here was the cool thing though, because he throws such a fit. Like he went, <laughs> I go on Twitter and Harry goes on the phone. So Bob was just on the phone screaming at people until they finally said, "Look, whatever you have to rent and whatnot, we'll pay for." So he rented clubs, but Harry is lefty like me. So, of course, he saw my clubs and wanted to play out of my bag just a little bit. And how'd so you take that? How'd you take you let I him was, do I'm it? I'm cool with that. I'm really? fine with it. Yeah, yeah, he's cool with it. I'm no, I've seen his swing before, so I know he's not going to put an <laughs> idiot mark on the top of my driver, a three-wood. And so, but he also wanted to hit my PXG irons because he had never hit them before. And? So, yeah, that is, was would, the, would, Is Bob Parsons going to love what he did for Herrick's game? Yeah, well, probably because Harry would now, of course. You know what happens. Once you hit these clubs, you know what I mean? Then everyone's like, yo, how to get these? How do I get And hey, I was man. like, well, I'm a single put them on layaway for two years like I did. <laughs> Everybody thinks I got the hookup. And I'm like, Riley, too. He, I played with him. He got PXGs. He loves them, too. Yeah, I saw you. You tweeted a, a picture of you and Rick Riley. How, how yeah. was that? Did it he, was fun. He was he... all excited because Riley today shot, Riley shot seven. He shot 80. He shot an 80. Here, he, he just sat down right now. Put it, Eric, give, him the, give him your headset for a minute. All right, hold give on. Him so your I'm let everybody here because I was just telling the story of how you got diverted to Iceland and the captain was uh, uh, coming on it. So you can, this is for the Maddie and the Caddy podcast. So right. here you go. Maddie. Hello, Lunston. How are you, sir? All right, so I understand that your flight was diverted to, I, it was diverted to Iceland because someone was looking for morphine? We landed at four in the morning, driving rainstorm in Reykjavik, uh, about just over the point of no return over the Atlantic. And the captain came on and said, uh, if there's a doctor on board, could you please report to row 37? Please, thank you. Fifteen minutes later, uh, if there are any other doctors on board, could you please report to row 37? Please and thank you. Fifteen minutes later. Uh, if anyone has any drugs on board, preferably morphine, painkiller <laughs> drugs, uh, please bring your call light button and we'll come talk to you. And then, uh, yeah, I-, I thought the only place we could land was, uh, you know, in Amsterdam, which was our destination. But then I looked up and I saw Iceland and it was like Newman and I'm like, Iceland. I, I Reykjavik's a great spot there. I vacationed there last summer. Yeah, well, it was it was dark and raining sideways, so... Probably not the. So, uh, so then you go from Reykjavik to where? Uh, then we we picked back up. We went over. To, we ended up going to Amsterdam, but then the then the travel plans were just they were just foobar. So it was um, ended up spending seven hours in Amsterdam. Got rerouted to Birmingham, Alabama, uh, England, close. <laughs> Change planes. And landed and got up to Edinburgh. It was a, it was a nice, tight 26-hour <laughs> travel day, the last two of which were me driving in the dark on the wrong side of the road. So, <laughs> What were your bag? Did you bring clubs? Like, What was your luggage and equipment situation? The lug- It was all TV pieces and clothing, and those were gone. I didn't know. I had been in five countries in 24 hours, so I didn't really know which country they were in. Um, but it turns out it was Birmingham, and I got the stuff... Uh, Three days in, when I think my roommates were about to throw me out due to stench. Did you call the embassy? You should have called the embassy. Yeah, no, I I, I, I called I called B Fly B, which was the airline that that was responsible, and uh-huh. they never called me back. And and incredibly, the guy came up. He drove the bags up from Edinburgh two hours, knocked on the door. I'm at the golf course. No one ever called me. He knocked on the door, and when I didn't answer, he decided he was going to drive them back to Edinburgh. <laughs> and my a guardian angel neighbor intervened from across the street and uh, took possession of them. So, 
So Eric Lunston, he's a uh, ESPN Sports Center producer extraordinaire out of the road quite a bit. If if I'll leave you on this one, Lunston. If Coach Holtz was put in this situation, if the great Lou Holtz was put in this situation, how would this? What would he have said? Uh, probably something like, "Well, I, I don't know what happened. We ended up in Reykjavik, Iceland. We ended up in Iceland, and uh, I, I couldn't get my dad gum closed there in Birmingham. I thought it was Alabama, but it turns out there's one in England too. I suppose it's a copy, and uh, you know." Three days in, I'm starting to smell a little gamey, Matt. I'll, I'll be honest with you. So uh, glad we finally found them. And, uh, you know, hopefully they don't get lost on the way home. <laughs> the great Eric Lonston and Lou Holtz. Uh, Lonston, I miss you. Hope you're doing well, buddy. Thanks, Manny. Good talk. I'll put the caddy back on. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what we also found out? What? That to get three-day-old underwear off of your body, you just kind of had to wade into the ocean oh. up here. And just let it kind of fall off. <laughs> no. Yeah. Right, he had socks that actually walked home themselves. They were feral. They were know. feral socks. <laughs> they went feral. Uh, they the, went back to nature. The life and trials of life on the road for ESPN. Yeah, uh, it's so glamorous. <laughs> yeah, you make it sound great. All right, so coming up next, we're going to hear from Chris Weber of how he was able to pick up the game of golf, plus how a player played hungover quite well and i'm gonna have caddy weigh in on whether or not i look like someone of which numerous people hit me up on twitter that i look like this person chris weber that more coming up next on maddie and the caddy one of the things we always talk about on maddie and the patty maddie and the patty you don't even know our show name <laughs> no, maddie and the caddy one of the things we always talk about on the podcast is how we get to be fans of people, and sometimes we're like, man, I'm just a big fan. And you was like, I'm a big fan of yours. Yeah. And I was like, man, come on. Yeah. Chris Weber, what's going on, hey, man? Nothing much, man. No, the Sports Center, man. I mean, who doesn't love Sports Center? This is my number one show. <laughs> and so uh, definitely familiar with you guys. And, uh, no, your personality when it comes to golf is uh, refreshing. Other guys are great with, with what they do, not to take away from them. But, uh, you know, seeing you laugh and, and your style up there is always fun to watch, man. And uh, I appreciate that, yeah, bro. Yeah. Thank See, you so much. We're, we're watching all you guys come out here and smile with with each other to come play golf. Isn't that what makes it fun? Yeah, what makes it fun is that you, we know we aren't professionals, <laughs> that we are emulating some of our heroes out here on the golf course. And then to put yourself in, you know, this isn't pressure. This isn't like we're fighting for a card or playing like these guys. But to put yourself in the position that they're in and to be able to, to do something, you know, to be able to have those same feelings and, and is, is really just cool, especially after spending eight hours of watching golf uh, all day Sunday. You know what I mean? So it's you, good and to, you do that? Oh, I do. But, my, but don't tell my wife because she doesn't know she's a golf widow. She, <laughs> she actually thinks uh, – I won't even get it. No, come this, on, man. You got to tell hey. us, man. Man. So she told me it was a purse for this tournament. Yes. And I'm like, what does that mean? I, I, that, if you knew golf, you would not say that to me. She's like, well, you go to the range every day. You you play every day. You win a couple dollars. I'm like, you just don't understand. Like, <laughs> Steph Curry, you shot like four under every day. Like, I, <laughs> like, I hope to be around 90. If I get 86, we're going to go to dinner and jump in the lake so but i believe in you honey and this 600 uh, i was so mad i was so mad at her today i'm still mad at her. it's like you, you know it's like too much encouragement like let me let me i know what my expectations are let me keep them down here she's trying to pump me up you could do it you could do it so anyway, anyway. honey i love you so much i need to tell you i can't exactly you know that's what i told her she's like you always got to believe in yourself i said this this has nothing to do with believing. You go out there and believe all you want. I, I can't turn the Tiger Woods today. <laughs> it's not happening yeah, today. Not you, today. You got to tell us, man, yeah. when did this golf thing start? Like, who turned you on to golf? When did you start playing? Oh, I got turned on to golf. Oh, man. Uh, nine, nine, 98 or 99. Uh, 99. I started playing, but I wouldn't take a lesson because I had a friend. Actually, Vernon Maxwell played for yeah. uh, yep. Houston, Houston for Rockers. He's yeah. pretty good. He's probably a 7 8, and he taught himself. So he thinks he's like the black Bubba Watson. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that everybody could self teach themselves, you know, self taught. So, you know, teach themselves. So for 10 years, I 
I was just wandering aimlessly. And then the last, you know, five or so years, I've been taking lessons and things. But our whole team in Sacramento, we would actually ask Coach if we could practice earlier so we could get out there on the golf course. Nuh-uh. The whole team, man. John Barry, he's he's a hack. If anybody out there plays against John Barry, he can play. He's going to tell you he can't. He's like a two or three. I'm saving you money. But, yeah, we were out here. You know, <laughs> Calling yeah, him out. You know, yeah, he goes Billy Ho on people. He, <laughs> no one called him sandbaggers <laughs> out. Oh, yeah, yeah. He'll read you the wrong, uh, the yeah. wrong distance, all that. That's <laughs> That's John Barry. But what no, you got in that bush now? 130. Exactly. The 150 place right exactly. here. Oh, don't worry about it. They moved it up. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's the cool thing about Sacramento, man. Our, our whole team uh, basically played golf every day. And then after that, it's just something I love, man. It's just uh, – it for most basketball players I know, it is – their second career almost like it's their second passion you, you know uh, where guys are up every morning at the range as if as if you really have a real tournament to go to but it keeps <laughs> us something to practice you know uh, uh, every day the muscle memory is, is just uh, something real familiar after having practiced your whole life in the sport to be able to come over to this is it's a lot of fun I just wish my only regret I wish I would have started earlier yeah at the, and at the peak of the Kings when you guys were playing well how competitive did it get with your team uh, it got it got got competitive Competitive man, like uh, there's some people that still owe me money that I'm looking for at this tournament. So if yeah. I see a couple guys, you know Oliver Miller. If I see a couple guys, yeah. If I see a couple guys, no. But it gets competitive, man, to to the point where you know you take the bets from practice and the shooting drills onto the golf course. So no, it's a lot of fun. Oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah, yeah. You ever you ever try and figure out like why it was golf that seemed to be that place where everyone could go and that was the sanctuary? I figured for me it's it's the fact you're close to nature. You, you get to be with your thoughts. You can go play by yourself. That's why I think basketball is one of the greatest games. You don't need eleven guys to play. You know you can go by yourself. And most of the times I play golf is really by myself. I'll go play eighteen in the morning. I'll do something. So I just think, and the fact you're never going to get perfect. And we're all guys ser- searching for perfection with the game. You'll always be able to hit nine out of ten jumpers. You'll always be able to do things, but. You can't hit nine out of ten putts or go to a different place and hit a, you know, 60 coming in wedge or something. So, you know, it's just, I, I think the frustration, the skill, and, and the great players that play it that we're fans of and we watch all the time. Yeah, cause you at the, at the time, I mean, you were at the height of your powers. You were a world class NBA player. You were a phenom coming out of high school, going to Michigan. You, Michigan, you were as good as it gets. How humble do you get that there's this little white ball that doesn't even move? Oh man! Uh, how <laughs> humble do you get when you when you duff it ten times? And then how cocky do you get when you hit that last shot on the eighteen and then it races all? Yeah, all it just takes one shot. Oh man! Then you already got I'm... your clubs on eBay on the seventeenth green, yes, exactly. and then you play eighteen and have that birdie putt from sixteen feet, and you like, oh, I'm pro next week. Oh, you, you already know. I guess I think I'm gonna take that shot Jason Day did last week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who's your pro? Who's your pro golfer that you like? If you look at a dude on the PGA Tour, that's my dude right there. Well, I tried to look at long, at tall, taller golfers yeah. at first, but you know, I've really come around. Uh, I, I love. So There's a bunch of guys I love. Tiger, I love Bubba Watson. Uh, just watching him, how erect he is, how. You never know what his shot is going to do until it lands five feet from the hole. <laughs> um, uh, and and I, lo- I love uh, Fred Couples, man. I-, I cheer for him every year, like the Masters. You, you know, I love he- – he has, like, the smoothest style. That's it. You know what I mean? Like, actually, if, if things – if I get into a better summer, I'm thinking, like, okay, let me-, let me do my Fred Couples. Let me calm down, get cool real right? quick. Yeah, and I don't know what that does, but it makes me relax a little bit more. But because he guys- glides when he walks on the course. Okay. Is that- I mean, so telling- it is that smooth. I've never yeah, seen him in person. Who was He's a good dude, but somebody else was talking about how, like with Fred Couples, his swing was so buttery smooth. And it's like when you just watch it, it makes you go – all right, you know what? I don't have to like because we want to go yeah, into a attack mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, and we watched him. Fred Couples like, all right, I need to take a breath, and just chill. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I love it, man. And uh, every Sunday is funny. Uh, Andre Iguodala, he has the bug, and. Uh, he just got it recently, right? Just got it. And he just got a putting green in his backyard, too. Uh, Hope I'm well. not telling too much. <laughs> Guys are addicted, man. I'm telling you. I, I mean, we're talking about what clubs to use. Oh, it's, it's, it's bad, man. Could, yeah, could you imagine that? Let's take. Let's go back 15 years, 20 years. Could you imagine? You probably got a group text now. Mm-hmm. Are you and your boys talking about golf. Yeah. Could you imagine that 20 years ago? No, 20 years ago, actually, the older go- older basketball players were asking me. And I'm like, man, nobody wants to play that. That's easy. <laughs> Easy. What you want me to do? Come out, and easy. walk around, and eat a sandwich, and 
I did not know it gets real out there. <laughs> man, y'all waste four and a half, almost five hours yeah, out there. what could you do? I ain't wasting all day. And like, nah, honey, um, I'm playing 36. I'll be back <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what, though? Here's the cool thing about golf. Golf is the one sport that we can play, and if we out for five and a half hours, we'll go home, and our wives is going to be like, you were at the golf course again, weren't exactly. you? Exactly. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, I'll let you marry the golf course, too. Like, <laughs> thank you very much. For but you stayed out of trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's it. What, they, what, do they, what, do they, what do they mind? We're staying out of trouble, Exactly. Right? Yeah, they, they love it unless, you know, unless your friends come back bragging about, you know, how they beat you. And then, <laughs> then it's every day. Well, did you beat him? How'd you play? You know, Jerome <laughs> Bettis and I were just talking about that, how, you know, his wife, uh, Jerome is really good, but his wife has confidence in him. And he's like, you know, every day she'd come home, she's like, how'd you play? <laughs> and... <laughs> He's like, you want me to give you the score? You want me to touch? Like, yeah, I know you won. I mean, you, what, what, you, what, you shoot par? He's like, and those expectations really just humble you because you're like, no, I'm nowhere near as good as you think I am. I know you got to run. Uh, <laughs> give me your golf bucket list. Ooh. Wow. It's such a bucket list, I wouldn't know where to begin. Okay. Give me three golf courses that you want to play you ain't played yet. Ooh. Augusta? Have you uh, played Augusta? Uh, no, Augusta. I've not. I've not had a chance to play a, a lot of places. Uh, Sawgrass, maybe TBC. Mm -hmm. Really? I would want to play there. Uh, we we'll make that happen. Uh, we, we can. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I'm holding it. Hey, no, no. I hope y'all hear the handshake on yeah. the. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I live in Gainesville, Florida. Okay. So it's right up the street from where I live. Okay. So and being out on tour as yeah. much as I'm out on, I know some guys and know some guys. Yeah. yeah. So we can get out there whenever you want to come over there and play. We'll get oh, it. We'll and there's get two out. courses there, the Valley Course and Stadium Course, and both of them is off the hook. Yeah, I would, man, I appreciate that. I would love I to got play you. there. And we'll what, get you. Uh, what's the one they just? I have a friend that lives uh, in Wisconsin. Uh, Whist Whistling no, Straits. Yes, I want to go there because he's been telling me. But honestly, I, I want to, you know. I got to go to where golf originated. I want to play there. I want to. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't. You know, I don't. I want to go everywhere, and I got a, hopefully a lot of time to live, and hopefully we we'll get to all the. Well, I tell you soon. what, I'll make you this deal. Mm. Me and you going to play TBC Sawgrass, and then at some point we'll get Wifey's permission, uh -huh. and we'll sit down and we'll do a long podcast and really talk about. I yeah, got yeah, you on yeah, that. Yeah, as long right. as the wives aren't part of the podcast, no, my wife's no. going to be like, "My wife, too. Oh, he can hit it. He's the best." <laughs> he just and then the you'll bar. be making fun. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. No. Now he actually put it in the water in the yeah. island seventeen. He's exactly. talking about putt putt. Man, you talking about top golf? Let's just relax. <laughs> Go to get dinner so you don't get in trouble, so we can make this happen. Hey, I appreciate, appreciate you, guys. Yeah, man, Chris Weber. Y'all are y'all as funnest person. Y'all are. As fun in person as you are on TV, man. I appreciate, appreciate, that, appreciate you guys. Appreciate man. you. Thank Have a good you. one. Yep. All right, so Caddy, we can't go on record like that and not make TPC Sawgrass happen. So I think we're gonna make we're gonna do a special show with Weber at Sawgrass. Can I just tell you, I let someone high up at the company know about that interview and how it all happened and went down, and how number one flattered and humbled that I was to find out that a guy who I was a fan of is a fan of me and you. Mm -hmm. When I told this person about that, the TBC thing being on his bucket list and how we can make that happen, let me just say we've got a fourth. Oh, okay, good. So, and that's all. We are good to go. And by so, all means, feel free to have these conversations behind my back and fill up our foursome without even clearing it. We're behind your back. Am I not telling you about it right now? Yeah, in a public forum because now I can react the way that you know that I don't want to. Actually, I kind of think I know who it is anyway, so good move. It was a good move Exa on you. Thank you. I was going to say, I just told you someone high up at ESPN wants to be in the foursome, and you're going to act like you mad. Like, don't be bringing no big executives up. The podcast doesn't need that. Yeah, it does. Yeah, but don't they all think they're big? Nah. nah. No, this one's like real big. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I could. Yeah. I could probably fill in the blanks. I don't throw the word big around unless it's a dude. If the buck is stopping very close to them, we good. So it look and the, the Weber interview was just the beginning of some great content we got from Lake Tahoe. We've got Sterling Sharp and Joe Carter. You're going yeah. to hear that interview. Uh, we've got Patrick Peterson. We've got Urlacher. We teased the Urlacher one earlier. We're going to hold that one till actually the Hall of Fame week and the week of Akron to see if Tiger plays. What we didn't tell people about Chris Weber and, and what's also cool is we are going to do another longer version of the podcast with him so we can have more time talking to him. The two, one of the two dudes that oh. was with him. Yeah, you know where I'm going. Oh, man. That dude, all he did the whole time was point at his watch and give me and Matt the stink eye. 
I mean, know? yeah, he looked like you brought up George Foreman earlier. Like he, like he looked like George Foreman, and every time we'd ask another question, he would point at his wristwatch and, and like, give us his thing. Because yeah, because remember, he, Weber yeah. wasn't assigned. Like he just came up because he wanted to talk. I just we just started talking, and then I said, "Hey, we're doing a podcast," and he, yeah, man, of course, uh, let's go. And he sat down and was like, "I got to go to this dinner," but you know, he was going to dinner, which was cool, and we didn't want to keep him, which was cool. So we were trying to be nice, but we started having a whole bunch of fun. But his guy who was with him was like, he just was a whole stink thigh, man, with the watch going crazy, which kind of it made us uncomfortable at first, but then made us laugh because we both know Chris would have probably sat there for another 30 minutes if we wanted to. But I think it's good that we did let him go have dinner because he having him admit how much trouble trouble he can get in with his wife or not get in with his wife, depending on how he plays. Yeah. I think that's hilarious. And I can tell you that the guy that was pointing at his watch, looking at he's not invited to Sawgrass. No. No, nah, if he shows up, he can stay in the car. We'll keep the windows up. We'll, we'll give him some, <laughs> some sketchy shrimp or something. <laughs> and so he just won't be able to leave the hotel. He can eat the him. shrimp in a hot car. <laughs> So a couple of other stories before we uh, get you out of here that uh, came out after the Open that Eddie Pepperell, who had a great round, Pepperell had a great round, uh, worked himself into contention on Sunday, but he did so hungover. His exact quote, honestly, I was little hungover. I won't lie. I had too much to drink last night. At one under par starting the day on Sunday, Saturday night, he figured he was out of it completely, and he went out and got hammered. <laughs> Hammer, and I don't mean – I mean, like, Scottish hammered, which this – let me tell you something about over here, too. And this is on a Saturday night. Pubs close early. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking to Eric a little bit earlier, our boy Eric Lunston, who was my producer over here, producer extraordinaire. Which I think is hilarious. You think you need a producer, but go ahead. <laughs> Did I not do Sports Center with you? Yeah, on the phone. How do you think that sports center would have went even on the phone if I didn't have a producer over here? That's actually a good point. Yeah, there would have been six sheep on treadmills trying to get me electricity and a signal. So People would be glad that. that I had Eric over here. But me and Eric were trying to figure out why the pubs close early. And, I mean, they close, like, right at midnight, done. You ain't getting anything else to drink. And so Eric was telling me a story the first time that he came over he ran into the pub at like 11.57, and they yelled at a last call. He was like, what do you mean last call in Scotland? How you got last call at 11.57 on a Friday or a Saturday night? And he goes, he had one drink, and he goes to walk out to go walk back to the place he was staying. And he said, within three blocks, six fights. <laughs> he was like, like uh, Braveheart over there? This is why they got to <laughs> shut the pub early, because if they do it like in the U.S. and close at two or three – there's going to be towns just on fire, just bodies laying everywhere from dudes just drunk fighting. And those are legit so, fights, too. Those are like Scottish, like European fist rollers. And it's roll normally families. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. It's the McClan crew. <laughs> it's just the whole family just left the pub and just threw down. You know what the best part block. about Pepperell's story was that he said his tea time was a little too early. And it was at 1140 a.m. <laughs> I and mean, we've all played golf hungover. You know what I kept thinking about? I kept thinking at five under par, if he played hungover, you know when he got to the clubhouse he wasn't feeling better. Like he might have sweated some of this stuff out. Even if he was drinking water, he was probably like, I just I gotta lay down for a little bit. Can I get like all he wants is junk food. Like I need six hot dogs and some French fries and there you have tacos. And then they're going, Eddie, uh there's a chance you might be in a playoff. <laughs> Yeah, his and golf I wonder towel. If there was, I wonder if there was any part of him that was like, "Can I legal? Can I go to the pub?" <laughs> his towel smelled like Jameson. There's no question. <laughs> I mean, they had a Jameson stench throughout. So that one of yeah. the fun stories coming out of a final round of the Open Championship, like I said earlier, for about an hour and a half stretch, to some of the greatest stuff we've ever seen, and there was kind of like a want, want, want finish. Uh, <laughs> finally, I got this numerous times on Twitter, and I need your honest opinion. Unfiltered right. for the Maddie and the Caddy patrons. Okay. Because he was thrust into the national spotlight in a major championship setting. I got more tweets this weekend saying that I look identical to Kevin Kisner. What? Yes. 
And I, I'm gonna no. do I'm gonna do a side by side picture. We'll put it up on our social media at Maddie and Caddy M A T T Y and Caddy C A D D I E on both so on uh, both Twitter and Instagram. Kevin Kisner. That but that's I I, I don't see it. No, you don't look anything like Kevin Kisner. You look more like Kevin Costner than you do like Kevin Kisner. Like Kevin Costner when? Like back in the day? Because Kevin Costner now is a little a little rough. You look kind of like Kevin Kisner in Waterworld. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bad week for him. <laughs> you know what, though? You know what drives me nuts about, about Costner in Waterworld? Dances with Wolves was just as bad. What? Dances with Wolves was awful. What are you talking? No, it wasn't. I, I know it won an Oscar. That doesn't always mean it's good. Shape of no. Water won an Oscar, and it was the worst movie I've ever seen. What was that? What won an Oscar? Shape of Water this year. So just because you win an Oscar oh, doesn't mean you're I a great even, movie. I haven't seen that yet. Don't, unless you're into people hooking up with aliens. Like, hooking up. I'm kind of, you know, that's kind of. I mean, there's a there's a, there's a a website for that, but. <laughs> you, you Not dance- I can watch this for free. <laughs> then why am I going to spend four ninety five a month? If I can get shave of water for free, <laughs> I don't even got to watch the whole movie. I wish they had VHS tapes again. You know what this is? This is the portion of the podcast where there was lightning on the golf course and everyone's been told to run for cover. So we'll end it there. As always, ask you to subscribe and download Apple Podcasts, the ESPN app, our social media channels, at Maddie and Caddy. Maddie, the word and, C-A-D-D-I-E, that is Instagram, that is Twitter. Uh, we are also going to start unveiling. Uh, Caddy, I've been told there's going to be some special releases of special podcasts this week of some of the content from Tahoe. So there's going to be podcast on top of podcast. It's going to be fun. Yes. We, we got a lot of work done at Tahoe and there's going to be some really fun stuff coming out from there. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about not only the amount of people that we got to talk to, but the, the fun that we had. And I think. We got a lot of invitations to go to people's events, yeah. and that's going to be awesome. Yeah, we're we're going to have some fun with those. Uh, what is your? When do you actually head back to the states so I can have the uh, red carpet out for you? I got thirty six holes on Monday. Oh, you're the worst. I'm playing. I'm gonna stop getting mad, hater. I'm gonna play Crail in the morning, and I'm gonna play Kings Barn in the afternoon. Um. But in between then, of course, I'm going to be doing all kinds of phone interview stuff. So, Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. I got to do work, man. I got to, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, because you already made excuses the entire first half of the podcast of why you couldn't do your job. Now you got to go play golf and do phone interviews. Hey, you know where I'm not restricted from taking a phone call? On the golf course. That's not here at Carnoustie. So there, I can do my work, even though I won't be talking to Molinari's caddy, which kind of stinks. Well but done. anyway... That's what I'm going to do. And then I'll be home on Tuesday, and I'm home for the rest of that week. For the rest of the week, and I think I'm flying to Bridgestone Monday, the Monday, the following Monday. All right, well, there you go. You got his entire Outlook calendar. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Michael Collins has been our ambassador uh, for the week over there in Scotland. Good coverage over there. Travel safe. I hope you double bogey a couple of them tomorrow just because you're going to be out there playing golf, and I'll be hosting a 6 p.m. Sports Center on Monday and Tuesday. But as always, we appreciate the download. Francesco Molinari wins the 147th Open Championship, the first Italian-born player to do so. Uh, for the caddy, I am Maddie. We appreciate the download and the listen. Be sure to check us out on social media. We will talk to you later this week. Special editions, Maddie the Caddy. Thanks for listening to Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.